There's a goalie playing in the Swedish Elite League. Uh, his name is Kasimir Kaskasuo. He's a Finnish goalie. Uh, he does have a couple of games of NHL experience in his career. I believe he's 29 years old. Uh, he had something interesting happen in a game this past week where he apparently was a little upset with the referees. <laughs> and as the main official was skating away, uh, Kaskasuo took his water bottle off the top of the net and threw it a good 20 feet and nailed the ref <laughs> right in the Great back. Throw. Fantastic throw. I mean, absolute snipe from way downtown. One of the f- <laughs> every time I keep watching the video and I'm like, I'm I'm trying to stop myself from laughing at it because I've easily watched it 30 times now. Um, and every time I see it, I get the giggles again. So he got a five game suspension for this. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I just saw. Oh, I just saw another angle of it where it's it's like from from the back and the the ref just kind of like shrugs it off, but he's like, "What was that?" Right? Like he has no idea. Yeah. Um, so the follow-up to it is that his wife put on TikTok, if 2,348 people send $1, it would pay for my husband's <laughs> fine for this stupid act. And he <laughs> he responded to it and said, no shopping for a few months, honey. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Sound of Hockey episode 230. We're calling this one the Brianna Decker episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Well, Brianna Decker, for those that don't know, is a legend in USA hockey. And she announced her retirement this week. She's a two-time Olympic medalist, uh, one gold, one silver. She's got six world championships. Uh, For the women's national team, she played... Just about 150 games and scored 170 points. That seems pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, uh, I got to see her play when she was with the uh, the Boston Pride. Mm-hmm. So when when she was playing with the NWHL at the time. So uh, she's always been one of my favorites. You know, probably because I've recognized her every every time she plays. So, but uh, she announced her retirement. Well, good stuff. Congratulations to Brianna Decker, and an appropriate way to start this episode that we're recording on National Women's Day. That's so, true. It's a very good point. I don't think you planned that I out, did but not. nicely done. This is the Sound of Hockey. I'm Darren Brown, at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as, I want to say as always, <laughs> by Andy Eide. Welcome back, Andy. Glad you're, glad Thank you're you. back I with us. Thank you. I had a darkness retreat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm out. I'm in the light now. <laughs> All right. Good. Good, good. Uh, and John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. And uh, we are coming to you from Seattle, Bar Down Studios. Don't forget to also follow us at sound underscore hockey on Twitter for all your latest cracking updates. Let's see where to begin. There's a lot of stuff to, to talk about, I think, this week. We've, you know, it's funny, I think a week ago and Fortunately, John, just you and I recorded that when Andy was uh, in the darkness. But at that time, the Kraken had just snuck past the St. Louis Blues, right? And before that game, I don't know about you, but my hand wasn't quite on the panic button. Like, I hadn't pressed the panic button yet. But the San Jose loss, the losses against Boston and uh, Toronto, my hand was hovering over the like I had the you know the little plastic cover that sits on top of the panic button. Was I it had lifted? that open. It was it was lifted. It was lifted. Okay. And my hand was kind of hovering, but I hadn't pressed the button was yet. Your hand right? shaking. It was it was nervous. Yeah, it was definitely nervous. <laughs> Sweat dripping down your forehead. <laughs> the it music playing. That, that meme of like the guy where he's sweating and yeah, trying to figure exactly. out which button to press. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So anyway, <laughs> but my point is, it's fascinating what a difference a week can make. And I also think back of how much time we spent talking about the trade deadline last week and just nothing came of that pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So um, Classic. yeah, it's fascinating how, how different um, the tone can be, the mood can be, the vibes can be after one week. The Kraken now are on a five-game win streak, and suddenly we're like, oh, this team is incredible. Yeah, Nothing, start you know. parade now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's all ebbs and flows, though, right? The yep. uh, the flow uh, replaced an ebb, which was nice. Um, always better to be on a flow than on an ebb. I will say that. <laughs> okay. Speaking so, of ebbs, I talked to him about that playoff run, about how he said, yeah, you can lose three games, feel like you're out of it, and then it wins seven and feel like you haven't made any ground. Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes this time yeah. of year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But they are kind kind of gaining ground even though everybody else seems to be winning we'll talk more about that but um hey i guess before we get into it one piece of housekeeping i just want to shout out john you made your debut on what's cracking tonight on uh what is it, fox 13 yeah right um i've been on it a couple weeks and uh shout out to ian Furness and curtis crabtree they keep inviting us to do that which has been pretty cool and our segment's a small portion of yeah it, but just they, a few they, minutes they do talk a lot of cracking stuff and uh I appreciate all the stuff they're putting together on there because it's it's more cracking content and you know usually you get to get to know a player at least so check it out it's Wednesdays at seven p.m. So yeah. and I don't know if Fox I don't 13. know if we're going to be on every week but um, they've been very very gracious in inviting us so far and it's been we haven't screwed it up yet <laughs> not like not totally we haven't totally but the screwed word it up yet um, but it's been it's been really fun yeah actually well last week uh, they had me live in studio they've uh, been a lot of pressure there it was it was a little yeah. bit yeah it yeah. was a little nerve wracking but uh, you know they they do a great job of making you feel comfortable and knowing what to do and what to say so it's been fun okay we, I also want to start as long as we're housekeeping oh boy. I see what's on the show notes. Yeah. I have a get off my this, lawn. This should go well. Oh, yeah. Andy Andy doesn't know about this at all. Last week's was completely hockey unrelated. This one is hockey related. <laughs> um, so I went to John's. Uh, he does a skate. Oh. Uh, oh, a skate yeah. on Monday nights. Did you yell at somebody again? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's one particular guy who um, I don't, it's not the same guy that I, I ripped on in the past. He's already gotten his. And that guy, I told him he's grown on me since the, the three on three days. That's right. We went over that. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did. Um, but this other guy, <laughs> I like him. I, I want to get that out there that I like the guy. But. Okay. He's, I also don't want to boost up his ego by saying that he's a good player, but he's a pretty good player. Uh, definitely the best player that shows up to these you know skates. What? You know what it is? Okay, keep going. Uh, no, please. Add the color. Well, I think you talked about some other good player mm-hmm. that you made a save on. Jordan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't appreciate that. That he oh, was called a good player. That's yeah. right. But Jordan is pretty humble. This humble. person. Humble. Jordan. I think he is. I'm just kidding. Okay. So this person who is an avid listener and a five-star reviewer, by the way. Um, so thanks for that. This person that I'm about to absolutely trash. Um, he shows up. I also want to say I usually do decently well against him, I think. A few weeks ago, like he usually scores at least a couple goals, but he doesn't like light me up. This week he shows up and he puts a he puts a GoPro doing. camera oh, no. on his helmet. And he's playing, he's on the other team on this, but we mix up the teams every week. Well, John does poorly, apparently, on this particular week. <laughs> and this is still like pickup, basically, yes. hockey. Oh, right? yeah. This is a league thing. Yep. Okay. But so I see him affixing his GoPro camera to his helmet, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I didn't face a lot of shots in like the opening 10 minutes of the skate. But uh, for some reason, like the first four that I faced were either a breakaway or a two on O from him. And he scored all four of them. So he's got four goals in the first like 10 minutes, all while wearing this all GoPro. On yep. And he gets a fifth breakaway in like the 11th minute. And this is where I lost it. This is where I really lost it. He's in a clear on breakaway. He skates right through all the defensemen that are just like kind of waving at him as he goes past. And mid breakaway, he takes off his glove and hits the record button on the GoPro. Oh, no. Puts his glove back on and comes in and shoots. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I've played with a couple guys that have worn GoPros before, but they're total chumps, right? Like They said it run, right? Yeah. Well, yes, I think he probably had it running and he was checking, I don't know, whatever. I'm just like, the disrespect <laughs> of that is what put me over the top. So did he score? He did not. I actually made the save on okay. that one, so I told him to send me the footage because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, our conversation after that one was pretty – but, I mean, he scored – he had to have scored double-digit goals in this game. I heard you are trying to recruit a defenseman to shut well, him down. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I, I We'll have to follow up on that one, but we'll see. I, I have been actively recruiting to find somebody that can hang with him because, I, I mean, I got a little embarrassed. I'll be honest. I I didn't feel good about that one, you know. I, I, played, I played with Dave Tomlinson today. Oh, did you? Way. Yeah, he can still shoot. Yeah, he can still fire it. He can see the ice pretty well yeah. too. Yeah. All right, get off my lawn, Christian Cinderella. Get oh, off my wow. lawn. Name names. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I know that name. Did he play for the UW? Uh, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Him uh, and Jordan actually played together as his line. Yeah, okay. but also uh, thanks for that five star review you left us a while ago, and for um, all your you know support <laughs> over the years. But also get off my lawn, Christian, Cindy, as we like to call him. All right, let's talk about the cracking games that have happened. It's fun when all four of the games we have to talk about are victories. That makes it just way more fun way to talk more about fun. them. Yeah, uh, a couple of them were a little shaky, though, right? So they started in Detroit. This was coming off of a, a pretty close win in St. Louis. They go back and forth in Detroit, come out with a five-four overtime win. This one, Martin Jones again had a real stinker of a goal, and then to start the second period, he like went out for a swim. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Philip Zadina <laughs> pulled him way out of the net. Uh, he was so far out of position, um, and the. Zadina made a nice pass, and I forget who it was that even scored that one. But anyway, um, that was when Haxtell pulled the trigger and and pulled him, which I thought was a really smart move. It made me think back to the game against the Rangers, fresh off of the the All Star break, uh, where they left Jones in for five goals that night, and it was pretty apparent to me on that night that he didn't have it. But for some reason, Haxtell left him in. He didn't didn't give him the hook. This night, he recognized, like, all right, that's that's a couple bad goals now. And it was still tied when he made the when tied three, three to three, three early in the second period. I thought it was kind of a gutsy decision. Yeah, but he got rewarded for it, right? Grubauer went in. He stopped sixteen of seventeen shots, and he had that unbelievable paddle save where he like made a dive backwards. Mm-hmm. So, um, really, really good game from Grubauer. Um, and then they end up winning it on a power play in overtime. Oliver Bjorkstrand with a really nice goal. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was interesting. I thought just the the piece about switching the goalies. I feel like I, oddly as a goalie, I think I have a pretty short leash. I'm like, all right, they got to pull him. Like they got to. <laughs> I usually do that pretty early because. But maybe that's like I I feel like you can recognize if you played the, if you played the position a little bit, you can recognize when a guy is tracking and feeling the puck. You know, and to me, it didn't. It hasn't looked like that often lately with with Martin Jones. It's like. Yeah. So I, I anyway. also in that game, I, I believe that was the second start in a row for Jones. I think mm-hmm. he had started the game before. I was a little surprised by that. 
Yeah. Because it he feels got, like Grubauer has become the number one goalie he, again. He got the win in St. Louis, yeah. right? And there, there were a couple of shaky goals in that game, too. 100%. But I think they were they were struggling to find wins at the time. Um, so, so they just went with it. Exactly. I think I, he's uh, like, yeah, I, I, but I was a little shocked. So it made sense to me, too, that he pulled them. And sometimes coaches pull goalies not because they're playing bad. Although I believe in this situation, it was because he was playing this bad. This was not the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes they just do it because the rest of the team isn't there. And it's kind of a momentum change or like hey guys you guys are supporting him i'm taking him out but yeah. i think this was he was worried about the saves that weren't coming right um yeah but anyway uh they got the win you know i i don't think they were quite at the level that we expect from them yet at this point i think as the games ramped up they got there um but detroit i thought was not their best effort you know especially i guess it's a little bit trappy but like detroit had just sold off players you kind of expect yeah. them to come out and not be very good and so um yeah anyway a win uh, is a win you know detroit was here about a couple weeks before that mm-hmm. and after that game seattle won dylan larkin was saying i can't wait to play these guys again in our building oh interesting so he said after game he said he, he blamed it all on matchups yeah and I don't think that was the case. How did, how did they match up last week? Yeah. It yeah. worked so well yeah. for him getting the getting the Kraken in his building. Like yeah, he wanted, even but. even with last change on home ice, huh? <laughs> the Tyler Bertuzzi matchup just wasn't yeah. wasn't working. <laughs> wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. And then they go to Columbus the following nights. So they're on back to backs. Uh, that one. I was getting nervous about that one because remember Columbus ended up taking the lead first. Patrick Line scored uh, midway through the second, and it felt very. Like to me, in the moment, it felt eerily similar to that San Jose game where it was like Kraken weren't really doing anything offensively yet, and a much worse team suddenly gets on the board, and you're like, uh oh, here we go. But to their credit, Jared McCann scored his 30th goal to tie it. Um, eventually, Alex Wenberg gets a game winner. Uh, by the way, that came at 7 12 of the third period, was the game winning goal. And John Forsland went straight to his like game winning, hey, hey, what do you say call. Which I thought was a little aggressive Bold, there yeah. at seven twelve of the third period. So. It was a good goal though by Wemberg. Oh, it was a great goal. Yeah, swept it around the goalie. And well, in and that that's another thing that um, I was wondering about the goaltender in that game, right? Because it was back to back. Oh yeah. Grubauer played the finished the game the night before. Yeah. Faced seventeen shots, I think, against he Detroit. Third of the game, basically. Yeah, I mean, he he played a significant amount, and, and I'm like, okay, are you going to go back to him? And so it was nice. I, I honestly, I mean, I, I understand your need for nervousness, but I feel like that was that was the Seattle team playing. Even when they were down, I thought they were playing better. So it's to me, it wasn't like the San Jose game where they looked like they were going to get chased out of the building. But I understand the nervousness because they, they, I thought Seattle had chances in that game and they just weren't. Yeah, and they but weren't I, burying him, which if you do that enough during a game, you could right. lose to a. But they were playing opponent. better, yeah. right? I guess than the uh, the prior two games they on this road trip. Yeah. 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 yeah, So they come away with the win, though. Again, that's the important part. And then a couple nights later, they go to Colorado, uh, where they're now two zero and one against the Avalanche on the season, the uh, Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Unreal. A, that game was good. It was. It was a fun one to watch. Interestingly, on that one, and we're really I'm like digging through my psychosis here of watching the Kraken, but. <laughs> In that one, I was just thinking to myself, because it was getting late in the game and they were down a goal, and I was like, you know, they haven't had that like late clutch goal in a long, long time. Yeah. Like, when, can they have, can you been a while Can you remember one back. of those? Right? Like, they're always in it. They're always fighting to get back into it, even when they fall behind. But I can't remember a situation like late in the game where they, they get the tying goal that they need. No, I, well, I think this year they've been ahead in more, more, well, more of the time. Fair the point. Game, which helps fair a point. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So Brandon Tanev gets the tying goal, uh, and then the 
game winner came from Yanni Gord off of, oh. man, the overtime was amazing. Huh? And oh, the Avalanche yeah. never touched the puck for, in like a, minute a minute and a half. Minute 20 or whatever it was. Yeah. It was all cracking. Vince Dunn, off, never gave it up. Vince Dunn makes a 100-foot pass. First off, nobody really talked about this, but how about Yanni Gord catching that pass and staying onside? Oh, barely. I was worried they were going to call it offside. <laughs> well, and the, the pass was like way out in front of him. So he like stretched out with his top hand on his stick and extended his back foot to keep his foot. Which I think was foot. elevated, which now is the new rule. You know, that, that counts <laughs> yeah. now, right? A couple years ago, that would have been outside. Man, it was close. It was really close. Um, great goal, though. Awesome, awesome way to finish it. And Did just you see how emotional he was after he scored that goal? Oh, yeah. He was pretty I mean, not only was yeah. this, like, he yelling, but then he like, slammed a stick. He skated across the ice, yeah. slamming a stick. Something was going on there. Nobody really asked about it after the game. I don't know if he was slamming a stick at, at the Colorado bench, but something, something had fired him up more mm. than just getting the win. Regardless, we don't need to create any kind of conspiracy <laughs> theories there. But no, um, yeah, <laughs> now it was. Uh, Card look at him funny. <laughs> uh, that was that was one of those signature wins, though. Like I was, I was buzzing from that one for yeah, like yeah. a while, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't fall asleep. I was like, still excited about well, it the just next when day they, when they tied it. I was like, oh my god, they got a point. Yeah, that's, I was thinking that's what seven a great out of eight point. points, right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like playing with house money at this point, right? So yeah, I totally agree. I was buzzing. How about that Nathan McKinnon goal to start that game? That was an impressive little play. Maybe he just like stopped in the circle, created a little lane for himself, and then in the blink of an eye, just a laser that Gruber had no shot at. Yeah, it happened quick. Just all of a sudden. Yeah, I was like, wow. But you know, that was also kind of an example of some of the defensive deficiencies that we've seen on occasion from the Kraken, where it's like, they have guys in the neighborhood on a lot of these plays, but then they leave guys, like they don't actually touch them. Right. And I think they cleaned that up a little bit. And that's why the defense has looked a little better. Mm -hmm. They haven't had as many of those plays where it's like they have a guy standing in front of the net and nobody pushes him or lifts his stick up or anything like that. So that was an example of there were four guys standing around Nathan McKinnon. Now, yeah. Nathan McKinnon is also one of the best players in yeah. the world. Well, and he created a lot of that space, yeah. too, just by the way he stopped and started. 100%. Yeah. So, um, but they've eliminated a lot of those kinds I, of I came here from that game. I mean, it's all, I think it's obvious, but like how much more intriguing the games are this year mm -hmm. than they were last year at this point, right? That's kind of obvious because they were in a playoff race, but it's just like people, I don't I don't really get nervous, but it's just, just so much more intriguing and, and, and interesting, I guess, in other words, to, to watch these games now that, that there's so much meat, there's so much meaning behind them, right? This yeah. doesn't mean, last year they didn't mean anything. No, and it's funny, like, John, I know I've told you this before <laughs> quietly, but I spend so much energy, I'm sure I've said it in the podcast too, I spend so much energy so much of my hockey energy, I should say, on the Kraken that I find it hard to like, I find it hard to find time to watch other games mm. outside of the Kraken, right? Right now, I'm like, every night I'm like, all right, who's playing tonight? Yeah, who can I, I, I am too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am like, too. Who can, we, who can I see tonight? Yeah, yeah. Who, are the Oilers playing? Are the Kings playing? Are the yeah. Knights, are the Golden Knights my, playing? My hierarchy of choosing the game to watch is, okay, who's in, who's in playoff contention <laughs> yeah. and, and like who's on the bubble, like who's under them. And then if one of those teams, if it's not Calgary or Nashville playing, then I'll be like, okay, what about LA Kings or Vegas? Vegas. Or, yeah. And if those games aren't being played, it's like, who does the Kraken play next? Is Ottawa playing? Like, let me... Let me go check out Ottawa. I want to see how they're looking. Like, that's how I'm I'm choosing the. Yeah, right now I it's, watched it's Edmonton insane. at Buffalo the other night. <laughs> I yeah. probably wouldn't have before. I also watched Edmonton at Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we got to call out Jaden Schwartz too for that game. Uh, both of the goals in regulation were 
off of unbelievable forechecking plays by him, right? The first one, he angles Bowen Byram into the corner, knocks him down. Oliver Bjorkstrand jumps in, kind of pushes the puck ahead. Schwartz gets back up, takes the puck, makes a nice pass up to Borgen, and then Borgen shoots and Wenberg tips it in. So that one's created by him. Second one, he just goes right at Nathan McKinnon behind the net. McKinnon tries to chip it past him and he takes it out of the air, you know, and then mm-hmm. makes a pass to Tanev to get the tying goal late in the game. Like I think he's he's looked great lately. Oh, he's been so and good. I think it started in St. Louis, right? And it doesn't always like there he's getting assists, but it doesn't always show up on the score sheet, you know. Like and even the game winner in Detroit was because he was standing in front of the goalie too. Yeah. Very yeah. simple play. Oliver Bjork strands up at the top, but he goes and stands in, in front one of, of the those goalie. games. He had like five shots too. Yeah. Right? Like it was crazy. Um he's been he's been awesome. I really think that, key that four check is one of his strong points. I, mm-hmm. I mean he was he's when he's on, that's yeah, I've I've always said he's kind of a possession creator because I mean he just he'll take pucks off people. He you know and I really liked in the preseason when they had him with Beneers. Now I wouldn't mess up that Beneers line now, but, but in the preseason I really liked that as as a, as a line combo because I thought well Schwartz is going to get the puck for Beneers all all season long. Mm-hmm. Now they've now they've 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 obviously found a good match there, but I, I was excited about that that. But he does that with whatever line he goes on. I've actually heard him described as a line fixer before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said that. Said oh, that is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because it seems like uh, we need to get these guys going. Let's put Schwartz on that line, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Well, so. now it's Bjorkstrand, though, is the line fixer there, right? Because they had Burakovsky <laughs> there. Uh-huh. He got injured, and uh, and then they kind of tried a couple things. They tried Tanev. They tried Froden. Those weren't the right fits. Uh, and then I, maybe we talked about this already on the podcast, but Haxtell, I think, had a hard time breaking up that third line that was doing so well, the Gord, Tolvin, and Bjorkstrand line. Yeah. But since he did that, he did that before the St. Louis game, and they've won every game since. I don't think that's a coincidence, right? Because Bjorkstrand is a true like top six player. Mm-hmm. Tanev is not a top six player. Jesper Froden has filled in just fine, but he's not a top six NHL yeah. player right now. You know, so yeah, so so maybe Bjorkstrand is the line fixer currently. But yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah. you're right. Schwartz Schwartz has been so key, and uh, it's funny when he when he first signed. I remember like doing some research to try to figure out where he helps, and he had this run in the playoffs when when they won the cup where he was scoring like every game and it was always these greasy goals in front yeah, of the net. Had a hat trick or two too. Yeah, well, I, maybe. I, I, but so. my point is like then I, th- I remember thinking like, okay, so when he's at his best, he's finding greasy goals in front of the net. I don't think that's it. I think it's just he get he's so good on the forecheck when he's going really well, and he has like he's so fearless. He's going to go right at every player um, leading the forecheck. Uh, man, fantastic! And I think we saw some of that last year from him, but then he got injured yeah. so early. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Then it was came back and then got injured again. That he, we never really got to see the full shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I said that on purpose. <laughs> ah, that's a good Spaceballs reference right there. Our, <laughs> our final uh, last game to talk about, the Anaheim Ducks game. This was uh, this one also felt very trappy to me because it was the first game back after a road trip, playing a bad team where I felt like maybe they'd play down to them a little bit. Uh, Which they I, have before this year. Right. I, I didn't think that they had their best game by any means, but they got the job done. And they it was were very business-like. Very business-like, yeah. Like, hands down, the better team team ducks looked completely disinterested after they got up by a couple goals it was like eh, all right we don't need to fight back like we're good you guys take is on yeah you guys can have this one um <laughs> so i don't know i mean i think interesting things in this one vince dunn 
losing his mind a little bit there at the end. Wires crossed. He got caught with a high check by Max Comtois, um, and then he screened obscenities that the entire client play <laughs> arena could uh, hear. Bloodied up. Yeah. Bloodied up. Yep. yep. He yelled, look at my effing face, and I believe he might have called somebody a coward. Maybe. Allegedly. We're not sure. Uh, yeah. And for those that don't know, mm-hmm. you could literally hear him from the other side of the arena, because <laughs> yeah. I was on the other side of the arena right underneath <laughs> the press bridge, mm-hmm. and you could hear in the whole section kind of giggled they're like (laughs) (laughs) and then and then the fans how about the refuse suck that was loud that was was loud Mm -hmm. yeah i almost wanted to start a we want the cup we (laughs) (laughs) because everybody was like on top of their chance yeah i'm like oh that would be so funny yeah yeah it was very loud there was a lot of confusion where people thought he got ejected from the game he did not it was not a penalty uh the spotter concussion spotter Wanted to have him looked at, so right. he went back to the room to get looked at. But. Which that might be a good indication that the refs might have actually missed a call in retrospect. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that said, yeah. um, there was no secondary discipline. Like there was no, no player it's review. True. And that, yeah, that's true. That can happen regardless if there's a penalty yeah. or not. So uh, he still just got a two minute on Sportsman. Like that's all he got. Right. Well, no, but the other guy, Comtois, didn't get oh, anything. From Comtois, I, yeah. Yeah. Now, I also think because uh, do you guys remember the very beginning of the game? Dunn and Silverberg got mashing yes. minors, and it started with a trip on Silverberg. As Silverberg was going down, he hit him in the face with his stick, and Dunn <laughs> yeah. was bleeding. But Silverberg only got two minutes. Yeah, it was weird. Which I didn't understand. Oh, that. I couldn't tell so, if he was bleeding. From, oh, he definitely. From yeah, what I, from what I saw on the bridge was, of his nose. You're bri- saying why he went a little crazy later on. <laughs> so well, because he was arguing that call initially, right? He's like, yeah. well, I don't get it. Like I, I'm, I'm bleeding here. Yeah. Like why wouldn't? And that's a pretty cut and dried. Yeah, that's not penalty. subjective. Yeah. No, right? no, yeah, it's not like oh, he's minutes. not bleeding enough. Or so anyway, that was the second one I think on Don, and that's probably why he kind of lost his mind a little bit at the <laughs> end too. I, I hopefully he's. He didn't get a concussion. We we honestly don't know yet because. No, but Haxall said he wasn't concerned. He didn't but, say that. He said I haven't spoken to the medical oh, yeah, folks yeah. yet, so we don't know yet. We'll we'll find out. Which I I find out from coaches either means they have or haven't. It's hard to believe that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll find. Yeah, Haxall seemed sincere there. I think we know when he's. Sometimes he he said some things before. That make you scratch your head. Yeah, but usually when he say, says things that make you scratch your head, you know that he's saying things to make you scratch your head. You know, <laughs> yeah. this one, it seemed like I, I just haven't heard yet. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe him. So um, I don't know. We'll find out, though, by the time this podcast comes out. We'll know if he's on if the ice and morning skates. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those are our games. That was uh, way more fun to talk about than when they've been a couple highlights of the streak, though, mm-hmm. is that the special teams have been playing really well. Yes, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because I have one more point to make. So carry on. Okay, so they haven't allowed a shorthanded goal against, right? So uh, they've been perfect on the PK over the stretch of four games since going back to Detroit. And they had one out of four. They allowed one goal against in a, in a PK situation in St. Louis. But for the most part, like the last 10 games, they've been playing outstanding. And now... Power play is going a little bit, right? Not- so interestingly, the power play would look really good over this last week, but they keep scoring like seconds after the penalty ends too. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, if you factor those in, it does look much better. Yeah. I mean, I think we even, when they weren't scoring on the power play lately, I feel it's looked better, mm-hmm. right? They've they've had the chances, they've had the possession. So 
it's just a matter of time and, and we're starting to see that play out. Yeah. So. so I called this out in three takeaways uh, last night after the Ducks game. I also talked about it in my walk and talk. So um, if you've read and watched those things, then you can close your ears right now. But Jared McCann, I loved the power play goal that he set up to Ellie Tolvin in last night because he always shoots from that area, like either just above the left circle or right at the top of the left circle. And it's pretty obvious like what they're trying to do there, right? They're trying to get him the puck with him moving downhill with momentum towards the net so he can use his shot. It's a it's a little bit weird to me because he's not on his strong hand for a one-time. But it somehow works. But it works right? great. <laughs> yeah. And you watch him at morning skate, you watch him at practice. Every day he's practicing that where he just skates around in circles, takes a pass from a coach, shoots it. Skates in another circle, takes a pass from a coach, shoots it. But obviously they're trying to get him the puck in that situation and probably other teams are starting to key in on it. I loved that goal because all four ducks moved towards him. Gibson totally bit that he was going to shoot, yeah. and he didn't shoot. He slid it through the seam to tell to Tolvin, and Tolvin had an easy goal. So that's it's, that was amazing. He had a couple two on ones where he shows him to pass it too, which I think throws the other team off. I mean, yeah. He had that one to Everly, and yeah, the Everly scuffer what game that was. But uh, where the two on one, you think, oh, McCann's going to shoot here, and he passes Everly, perfect pass, Everly scored. Um, yeah. Well, I asked him about it after the game last night. He said he tends to force it a little bit with his shot, right? So he said, if the shot's there, I'm going to take it. But in that case, it was the right play well, to that's make That's how pass, he scored so. his 30th, I think, from the same spot, yep. yeah. right? He, I mean, most of his goals are from that well, spot. Well, he's got yeah. a great shot, so you yeah. understand why he might force it. But, <laughs> but what's weird about it is, like, that's not really even considered, like, a high-danger shot, right? He shoots from yeah. the top of the circle, like, outside the circle. Mo- and. He scores all the time, so obviously he likes shooting from that uh, from that spot. So, um, 31 goals on the season for him, pretty impressive season, career high, uh, most ever as a Kraken. And you could say he's the first Kraken to crack the 30 goal. You could, mark. you could, you could. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if he keeps scoring like he's scoring lately, he's got a chance at 40, which is which is pretty bonkers. Um, very very cool stuff. Uh, also, got to shout out Philip Grubar. He now has a winning record. I don't think he's ever had that, right? With in the two years. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with yeah, the Kraken. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I can't imagine because they started so they started rough. with losses. Yeah. And then continued to have a lot of losses as the yeah. season went on last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and this year, yeah, I don't know if he's ever had a winning record. We'll have to we'll have to figure it out. I don't but. think so because I think they first game. I think they were one and three. Yeah. Did they win their second game? Second game in LA, they won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year, but uh, last year they won. They lost in Vegas. They won Nashville. The second game, so he, yeah. So he was at five hundred once then. Assuming he got both starts, yeah, he would have. I think Rodriguer yeah. would have been. Uh, I, this but is, I also think we've talked more right, about this is terrible radio. Yeah. Terrible radio here. Uh, <laughs> last <laughs> last piece of team like on ice type of news. Uh, Andre Burkowski was spotted skating at Kraken Community Iceplex by a source today, and sketchy source. Initially, initially it looked relatively like slow, like just going through the motions, mm-hmm. like. Oh, is it you? Testing things out. Were you the one that saw oh, him? This is the, what the, the source, source told what me. The source said, yeah. okay. All right. But then he really started to open it up, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's not been announced, and this is speculative, but I feel it was like a groin injury. And, I think that's what it was, too. And yeah. so anytime you're in a groin injury, you just need the time off. You can't, like, nurse it back. You just need to take the time off. And then it's about kind of getting back your muscle memory back up to speed. So that's definitely what it looked like. I think we could see him in a week or two. Super speculative, not official from the team. I, I have nothing official to to warrant that speculation, but I, I think he could be back in a week or two. All right. 
Which would match up with what Francis kind of hinted at. Yeah. Uh, Friday during his press conference, he, he said he thought Burkowski was back. He just hadn't come, confirmed that yet, but he, he thought he was back on the ice. On the ice, not back. And today there was, there was no, there, were, there was an optional skate. There was uh, only a couple players participated in, but I mean, we'll know tomorrow, I guess, if he's in the regular practice. Yeah. A great segue into the trade deadline, which has come and gone. And that was a doozy of a trade deadline for the Kraken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they made zero moves whatsoever, which was interesting. Unless you count the Magna, the Magna one. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you month. do, though. Right? Like, it's... It wasn't a deadline trade. Not really. I don't know. Whatever. I, we've talked about it quite a bit now on a variety of places, so I don't know if we need to dig into them not doing anything, but I guess what did you... Well, let's dig into it. Screw it. What did you yeah. guys think? They didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was fine. You know, there was... I, would love to hear your opinion, Andy, on the Susi because you talked to Carson <laughs> Susi about I did his name being out there, and you never know what you're giving up, right? Whether it's a second or a third, what that could have been, and we talk about it all the time. You need as many chips on the table as possible, and hopefully one of them hits, right? So I think I think it's fine. You know, there were certainly some trades where I thought the Kraken would have offered more and gotten some some guys. JVR didn't go anywhere, but maybe we we are not evaluating them appropriately we're overvaluing them because yeah i don't know where jvr fits when burakoski comes back yeah and that's ultimately any trade that i that you hear you had to ask like well if they got him let's say they got klingberg where, who who comes out who do you give up yeah. for that or what do you give up for that and, and are you really willing to give up a second or third this year for a guy who for like a third liner or a third pairing defenseman who as a rental yeah that to me seemed kind of a useless notion so i, I wasn't surprised uh i did talk to susie yesterday about what it's like to that those last few days of the trade deadline to see your name in you know on Twitter from guys like Frank Cervelli who's tweeting out that oh I'm hearing that the Kraken are taking calls on Carson Susie and he doesn't think that ever actually happened he said he doesn't really know where those rumors come from yeah he blamed it on the Edmonton media which I thought was funny um, but ultimately said it doesn't really bother him at least he says you know I just I'm I'm still playing for this team and until I'm told otherwise I'll worry about it after it happens and yeah. So I thought it was very, I mean, me, I, it would be a total distraction to me personally if I was a player and there were tweets from guys like Sarah Valley who usually are right that the Kraken are shopping me. It would bother me, but. Trade deadline's a little different. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of speculation out there. And a lot of it. Yeah, they might be right, but rarely does it pan out. Well, sometimes I wonder too if they just say, I'm hearing this stuff, hearing everything, they, they just report everything that they possibly could have heard, even in passing. So in case it does happen, they'll be able to say, well, look, I was on this one. Yeah. I mean,. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't understand how any of that works either. Because I'm like, I, the to me the Susie stuff started because he had an expiring contract and somebody said it three months ago that he's on an expiring contract and he might be a deadline yeah. guy. But that was assuming that the Kraken weren't a good team. Exactly. And yeah. Kraken exactly. Are, why he would might they have been traded if they were out of if they were out of contention? Now yeah. I, I yeah. could see. I could have seen like make the move because the offer is just too good to pass sure. up. Right. Like. A first round pick and something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah you got to make it. For like, him. Um, I just, I don't even understand, like, why would they have done that? And interestingly, I asked uh, Francis on that press conference, uh, you know, was there truth to the rumors today? Because everybody's saying, cracking her in on Klingberg, cracking her in on Van Riemsdyk right up to the last minute. I was like, is there truth to those rumors? And he kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, I don't know where some of this stuff comes from, you know? So it's hard to say what of it. And he doesn't, he doesn't, to be clear, he doesn't. He won't comment. Comment yeah, on no. one rumor or another. Correct. 
But he basically told you that not everything was accurate out Correct. there. So we don't so, know if they were in on those yeah. or not. Um, or which ones were, which the, ones were. The other thing, too, about these people hearing things, like Francis and the Kraken have been pretty good in their, in their run here not leaking news. Right. Like, like we go back to the Hacksaw thing. Nobody thought, nobody knew uh, Hacksaw was going to be the coach. Yeah. I was just going to, you know, I think just my like take on it, I bet you they were trying to get some things done. And I just think they didn't like the prices they were getting. That's my, my honest assessment of it. It's kind of speculation because I don't really know what was going on behind closed doors, yeah. but that was my speculation on it. And, and, I, and my I, yeah, take. I, I would agree with that. So I think the prices and just the, I mean, Ron mentioned rental players a few times. Like he didn't seem too enamored with a rental player. He had that great quote about, I think he was, he was actually quoting Brian Burke said that, you know, there's like 15 trades in a year, but there's only one Stanley Cup champion. So it doesn't work for most teams. It doesn't yeah. work out for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I understand that a little bit. And then I think people, sometimes people want teams to make trades just to say you made a trade. Sure. But he brought up a good point. They did a lot of their work in the summer like could they have gotten a player of beer trans caliber at this trade deadline for a third and fourth no no certainly not Not when tanners yeah. you know is gaining you know multiple first round picks uh yeah. you know they and could they have gotten a guy like tolvin and cheap at the trade deadline no no yeah so yeah. they did i mean it doesn't have to happen at the trade deadline you don't have to improve at the trade deadline you can improve in the summer like they did yeah so i, I think they were fine and in, in, in holding and saying patent they didn't do anything stupid they didn't do anything stupid. That's that's definitely true. <laughs> Did not do anything stupid. Um, yeah, and I'm you know I'm fine with it. Let's uh, let's just move on from the trade deadline and never talk about it again. Uh, the go- <laughs> until until next we, year. We yeah. talk. Everybody talks so much about the trade deadline, right? And we spent so much time on it last week. Nothing happens. Then you're like, well, for the Kraken, nothing happens. You're like, huh. What, well, how about the, that? It's was, not as fun to piss Sam Pat. Yeah. It might be to make up with a trade, what, but ultimately, I think it was right there. Quick question for you guys. What was the next two days on Twitter for you? Like, was it... Oh, I was... Were you, like, bored? Like, because you're like... It was like, <laughs> man, there's not memory. much out there. Yeah. You know, I was like... I was pulling <laughs> yeah. out my phone every two minutes and, like, hitting refresh. And I'm, I'm like, like, there's nothing going on. Like, what the oh, heck's yeah. going on? Trade deadline so, yeah. happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the last piece we want to talk about for Kraken stuff is uh, there was a certain email that went out from the team today. What happened, John? Yeah. So season ticket holders got the announcement on playoff tickets. So season ticket holders, if you are one, if you're lucky enough to be one, uh, you should have received a mail that says, hey, you need to opt in and commit to season tickets. Now, one thing that's pretty cool, how expensive do you think the first round tickets are compared to the regular season? Um, based on how you're phrasing that question, I would guess similar. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Just based on how we because if it was extremely, yeah. if it was extremely expensive, you probably wouldn't have been like, "Hey, here's a cool thing." <laughs> guess yeah. what the this is going to be completely unaffordable. <laughs> so, so this is it's kind of their kind of the it's a sliding scale. So every round gets more expensive, but okay. the first round is exactly the same price. Ah, nice. Uh which is pretty cool. And they're doing something really cool as well. I had been warned from other season ticket holders that you have to literally pay for the max number of tickets ahead of time. You don't have to. No, it's pay as you go. So oh, cool. but you do have to commit to the full so if they make it to the Stanley Cup final. Oh then so yeah, you, only you have to pay for yeah, you have to but it's only as games get unlocked, if you will. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Very different than a lot of other yes. teams do other it. Other sports, yeah. Yeah, I think the Kings, like, 
make you pay for all of them in advance. So the I used to have Seahawks yeah. tickets, and you had to pay for the whole yeah. the whole playoff run into the championship game. Whether they they're not now the, the you thing get I refunded. Yeah, is that you could then have the option of having that money if they don't go that far, go towards your next year's deposit. So I was like, I always chose that option. Okay. I was gonna say. Uh, that's your money, right? You're getting it back one way or the other. Yes. Whether, but, so, but, but I had oh, to that's nice lot. of them to offer you to apply it to next season. So. Early on, I had to do that a lot because I didn't go yeah. over the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> right. Anyway, season ticket holder, if you haven't got that, or, or just make sure you're kind of on top of it because you only have 10 days to commit to it. So We now move on to our segments, and our first segment is everyone's favorite segment, Goalie Gear isn't it past the time for that to be in season? It is, but this is breaking news from yours truly, which was, uh, I, you know, we talked to Philip Grubauer, and by we, I mean I talked to Philip Grubauer a couple weeks ago on the Point Five episode. He teased that he had a new mask coming, um, and sure enough, he rolled it out uh, yesterday. So it's really, really cool. It's white. Um, it, so it was done by Dave Art, and he and I talked about it a little bit. He actually let me hold it and take pictures of it, so go check that out on the Sound of Hockey Twitter. And he wore it last night. He wore it last night, got yep. a win, so um, it looks sharp. Uh, it's white is the primary color, but then uh, it's got big Kraken logos on the side. But the Kraken logos are like, if you look at it closely, it almost looks like pencil drawings. But Dave Art did it all with an airbrush, right? So it's like, it's insane. On the top, it's got the Space Needle and some mountains. And then on the bottom, he's got a, a man with a horse, which I think like it's pretty subtle. But remember, he talked about on that Point Five episode that he likes to ride horses. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I love I love how it looks, especially up close. Like from afar, it kind of just looks like two big Kraken logos. But when you look at it up close, it's got some incredible it detail. It also has that German sigil in the back. Too. That's right. Yeah. Who's yeah. the guy in the back? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't. He's He called him a German legend. I asked him about his mask. But, or, he called uh, he called him an idol of his. It says okay. like Stens or something yeah. like that. But I honestly don't know who that is. So yeah, he's got a couple dog paws on there. Yeah, yeah, that's right for the pups. That's our goalie gear corner. We now move on to John and Andy's segment, favorite segment, <laughs> which is bad boys. It's a healthy one this week. It too. is. Yeah, yeah. we have uh, two of them, and then one that's like a borderline bad boys, but not really his fault. Uh, <laughs> well, we started with a bad boy, the guy throwing the bottle. The that's rest. true. But that one was almost too funny to land <laughs> just in a simple bad boys segment. It was. It was too funny. It needed its own area. So Tony D'Angelo. Generally well liked, you know. <laughs> Most popular guy in the league. <laughs> he gets suspended for two games for uh, doing what, John? Uh, spearing the lovely Corey Perry in right, the uh, right junk in the Corey area. Perry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, none of these names. None of these names are surprising in this yeah, incident. Yeah. When I heard about him, like this, this right. one was pretty brutal. I yeah. mean, I. He was um, responding to a pretty healthy slash from Corey Perry, but uh, yeah, it's gonna that's gonna cost you a couple a uh, couple games. So, yeah. uh, didn't Corey Perry get get speared there once in the Stanley Cup final? Yes, and what we had a podcast episode about it. Yeah, well, it was like the name of it, and I I want to say it was something about what was that? Oh, it was the Corey Perry hat trick, which was <laughs> that's what it was, and I I think it was like score a goal get an assist and then like spear guy in the crotch is <laughs> I think that was the Corey Perry hat trick if I recall correctly so oh, man. Um, our next bad boys was uh, David Quinn the coach of the Sharks got fined $25,000 and kicked out of a game uh, I love that the coaches can get fined five times I as much as a player I was going to say the same thing yeah <laughs> when the players make five times oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but man it was talk about lip reading from Vince Dunn man go do some lip reading on David Quinn from that one because he's had he had to have 
said the F word to the coach or to the ref at least 15 times before he finally left the bench area. So, man, the Sharks have been playing absolutely brutal hockey, too. <laughs> Other than the Kraken against yeah. the Kraken. Well, he got his he got his licks in there. Um, and the last one, so this is the debatable one on if this is really bad boys or not, but Pyotr Kachekov, remember that guy? He's uh, yes. he's back in the AHL now uh, with the Chicago Actually, Wolves. Actually, called back up, but okay. go ahead. Well, he yeah. was back in the yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'd call him up now, too. He's scoring <laughs> goals. So he scores a, a great goal. Uh, every goalie goal is a great goal. Fires it down. Puts it in, has a way over the top celebration, and he goes out to center ice, and he's like, he's like flailing around and doing all this stuff. And then pretty soon after that, apparently the Manitoba Moose took uh, took ex- exception to the celebration, and one of the players on the Moose like jumped him. So Kochekov and whatever the Moose player was both got kicked out of the game at the end. So he's like. Somebody said that's as close as it comes to a Gordy or to a Gordy Howe hat trick for a goalie, right? Because they, yeah, he he had a fight at the end of the game, effectively, and got kicked out. Yeah, scored a goal. I think he's scored. a little bit of a bad boy himself, right? He seems like. A, I mean, if you watch the clip, he looks like a complete lunatic. <laughs> complete <laughs> lunatic. Do you, he actually got into it with Brad Marchand in the playoffs last <laughs> okay. year, where Marchand was like getting all in his face, and Kachekov just slashed him. Something silly. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not that, yeah. taking your crap. Yeah. So, but yeah, as he was going off, he was doing all these like wild motions, like pointing at people and doing this wacky <laughs> stuff. So, and I thought I saw a tweet that he got kicked out again, like his next game, but I don't know for wow. sure on man, that one. What so, a legend this guy! He, we gotta, oh we gotta my keep Lord. an eye on this guy. Yeah, man. no kidding. Uh, we now move on to our weekly one timers. Our first weekly one timer. Ryan O'Reilly out four weeks after uh, surgery on a broken finger. Uh, so he, he got put on LTIR by the Toronto Maple Leafs, which I wrongly, I will admit wrongly, had the assumption that this was another uh, Kucherov situation where he's going to come back on day one of the playoffs. <laughs> and play <well> great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, he's back just in time for day one. But yeah, I, I guess it's a, a four-week injury. He broke his finger. So yeah, that was uh, one of Toronto's big trades, obviously. So finally, though, we can ask, how does this affect the Leafs? Yeah, and it really does. We know relevant. it's really relevant. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It is very impactful to them. So um, our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. Interesting little anomaly in the Pacific Division here as we're getting into this scoreboard watching that we've been doing so intently. And as of, t- well, who's, so you know, who's playing tonight? Somebody's playing tonight, right? Anaheim and Vancouver. Well, that's not what I mean. <laughs> but like, are the Kings or the Golden Knights playing no, tonight? No, oh, okay. Playing. Nobody's playing tonight. Winnipeg lost Okay, to Minnesota. Edmonton's not playing tonight? No. Oh, all right. Just well, Anaheim nobody's and, playing tonight. Anaheim and Vancouver. So anyway, what I was going to say, though, is as I was doing my scoreboard watching the other night, I noticed that... Uh, Every team, you know, on the right side of the yeah, I've standings, seen standings before, if that's what you're it asking. says that the streak, right? Like how many games they've won or lost. Every team in the Pacific had a had a W next to them. So you look at it yesterday, then yeah, not well, anymore. No, not not anymore. But before <laughs> yeah, yesterday, okay. yeah. So it was. I like to look at it today. I'm like, well, Anaheim lost yesterday. But every team, uh, <laughs> it, you know, some of them were W one. So like Oilers, Flames, Ducks, and Sharks had won their previous game. But I was like, how many times does that happen in a given season that every team in the division has just won? That was uh John will look it up and let us know. <laughs> Thank yeah. you in advance, John. <laughs> I technically could figure it out, but okay. probably not going to. Yeah, you probably don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next weekly one-timer. There's been a lot of like tweets and cryptic things lately about more NHL expansion. And Houston and Atlanta seem to be the targets. Any 
truth to this, do you think, John? I think there's a little smoke, in, and I think there's potential ownership groups looking at making a play here and trying to make it happen. I don't think it's happening anytime soon, and I think some somebody from the league was like, no, that's not our plan, but that's what they say, right? Would be interesting and another slap in the face to Quebec City, but I think Houston makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and honestly, if... They have a building too, don't they? Theoretically, where they build yeah. another one because the Rockets play there. And it's I just believe a the Rockets owner has been trying to get into the. I don't think he, it's that serious. That. I think I don't think it's that serious, to be honest, based on everything I've followed. Cause, I remember back when we were all hopeful that his name came up a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he took ownership of the Rockets yeah. around the, when NHL Seattle was really starting to gain, gain a lot of momentum. I don't think there's a lot here for a while, but I think there's some probably serious looks at potentially uh, looking at expansion. 34 seems like a lot, but... How do we feel about Atlanta getting a third crack at it? Atlanta's such a big city. Uh, yeah. And if you if you have the right ownership group... I mean, keep in mind the Thrashers, I think they went to the playoffs like once and and never won a game, never won a playoff game. And you're just not going to... You're not going to like get a lot of fans. I mean, you think the Kraken are doing well? Just wait till the playoff hockey happens. Yeah. And, and Atlanta never got that, right? And they didn't have the right ownership. They couldn't find an ownership to, to buy it at the time. And I think the economics of arenas are different um, as well, where you can make a lot of money on arenas. And, like, you know, just look at the crack, and they've done it so well. And if you get somebody who's so smart about launching a franchise, Atlanta is so massive. It is so big. I think it's possible. Seems weird on the surface, but I think it's possible with the right group. Our next weekly one-timer. The BCHL is, speaking of expansion, there's a good segue, huh? Yeah. They're talking about expanding. Um, Also, they have a pretty interesting event coming next season. Can you fill us in on the details here, John? Yeah, so uh, first the expansion talk. I think the report was like over a week ago or something, but basically the chief executive officer was saying that they're looking at expansion of two franchises specifically one in Houston one in Atlanta <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh there, there's our answer that's how it happened uh no but they the long bus this, ride so the BCHL chief executive officer Chris Hebb said uh in an interview we'd like to see another team in the United States to pair with their franchise in Wenatchee so oh, okay. which is interesting it's like certainly there's a lot of cities in Washington but you always wonder like could Seattle make a home for a BCHL and and I don't think it really competes with WHL at all. It's just a different product altogether. Well, they, they do for players. For players, yeah. But, yeah, but not necessarily for... There's BCHL teams all over where there's Western Hockey But theoretically, like, yeah, they might... They compete, sure, but most people that want to go to college go to BCHL, yes. right? And then the others That's that just the want to play... Ends. Once the player makes his mind up, I want to go to college yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's like... it's adding another franchise or two is really going to, it's not going to be detrimental to the WHL teams at all locally, even if you have a BCHL team here. Wenatchee hasn't been. Yeah. So, and, and Wenatchee is a relatively new BCHL team. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line, BCHL is really fun. That's where Kale McCarr played for a bit yeah. uh, before he went to college. And you, you see some big elite the hockey players playing there. there yeah. yeah. So, um, because they want to keep their college eligibility. So I would love to see some BCHL hockey, to be honest. I've, Watch it sometimes on hockey TV, and that'd be fun. Second thing you mentioned, they're actually having a showcase event um, next season, they announced, uh, that will be at KCI, basically a bunch of the BCHL teams. I think all of them come here, and they play two games each at KCI. So that'll be fun as well. And there's going to be 
I mean, I think uh, the Kraken have a prospect that's in the BCHL too right now. Yeah, I think they do. Uh, ben McDonald, I believe. That's is, right. Yep. West plays Kelowna. West, West Kelowna. Kelowna Warriors. Yeah. 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 Josh Horton had a whole prospect update. That was today, a pretty so good update. It too. sure was. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's on soundofhockey.com. Check it out. Soundofhockey.com. Um, that's right. Uh, um, I went to a BCHL showcase once in uh, Chilliwack. Okay. It was pretty fun. All right. Nice. It, so it there's was your funny, plug. It was funny seeing the people in the audience. It wasn't a very big crowd, uh, but great little rink there in Chilliwack, which used to be a WHL rink at one yeah. point. But uh, there's a lot of scouts there, and they stood out. They're different than the NHL scouts you, you see at, at WHL games, because all these guys had like their college that they were scouting for, mm-hmm. like shirts or sweatshirts yeah. on. Yeah. So you saw Notre Dame and me, Boston U, and just all these guys. It was just a different different feel, but good hockey, fun, fun hockey. I, I enjoyed it. I, I watched like three games one year. So there's your plug. For next year. Uh, our final <laughs> weekly one-timer. Our weekly Nila Lopushinova update. I know. She's getting a lot of airtime <laughs> She on this. is. Yeah. She really has been. Uh, she's going to be moving to the U.S. So I feel like you called that, didn't you, John? I literally said, it sounds like she needs to find a better place to play. Right. So, yes, I did. <laughs> I don't like know when she come to North America, is what you said. Or stating the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, she's, she's going to be going to Bishop Kearney High School, which is in Rochester, New York. Um, and she'll play for a select team there. So that's pretty interesting that she's making that jump. Uh, those are our weekly one-timers. We now move on to our tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from Curtis Rogers, who is at a kid from Kent, okay. who works for 710 Seattle Sports. He's a producer there, so I work with him a little bit. But uh, he tweeted out a highlight of the Zegras goal last night where he went between his legs and shot it. And he wrote, hello, I would like to speak to the manager because I'm personally offended by how sick the Zegras goal is <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty sick <laughs> what i love though is one of the responses is why doesn't every player shoot like that uh, which is a good question but you know why didn't every basketball player dunk like jordan yeah i guess <laughs> it, it was definitely one of those where when it happened the whole arena went whoa yeah <laughs> yeah i was more questioned i'm like did i just did he just shoot that where yeah. i think he shoot that well and it was like just in full stride like yeah. it, it yeah, almost it didn't make down. sense that he went between his legs but he did it was pretty cool my tweet of the week comes from cj fogler it's a screen grab from the minnesota state high school hockey tournament i always like to call this out every year it's a player from laverne high school which is very important it says <laughs> oh laverne he, my so favorite it, well we, they do the hockey hair thing every year right where basically just the as part of the intro Introductions. Yeah. They introduce the full team for the first game. So they all have stupid hair and they all skate out <laughs> to the blue line. A lot of them say, hi, mom, hi, dad, things like that. So this one kid skates to the blue line and holds up his stick and he had written on his tape, hey, Sarah, prom. <laughs> so CJ Fogler just writes, "What do you say, Sarah?" Um, and I do see a follow up here. I mean, she had to say yes, right? You had right. To say yes. So she she took a picture holding a stick also that says yes on it. So that's pretty pretty cute stuff there. This is my also my PSA. Do try to check it out a little bit if you can. Uh, the uh, let's see, f- Thursday is going to be the quarterfinals, so you probably won't get this in time to watch it. But Friday night is the semifinals for the big schools. That's when it gets really fun. Uh, you can, you, I think you can still stream it. It's on Forty Five TV. If you just search for that on Google, you should be able to find it. So um, also, as long as we're talking uh, youth Minnesota hockey, shout out. Oh, and uh, Creighton Durham Hall is in that. Uh, the big schools. That's where my nephew is going. He's not on that team yet, but I'm hoping he'll play there next year. His current team is the St. Paul Capitals. They're a Bantam team. They just qualified for their state tournament uh, this past week. So good luck, St. Paul Capitals. That's quite a lot of minutia. Right. But I do want to say you haven't been doing a lot of minutia lately. Thank you. Pretty I've... much since the Kraken started, surprisingly. Yeah. 
Not surprisingly. Kirill Kaprizov got hurt tonight. That was a dirty hit. No penalty called. Okay. Anyway, check out the state tournament. Uh, go Creighton Durham Hall, the house that uh, Ryan McDonough and Joe Maurer built, and go St. Paul Capitals. Uh, John, your tweet of the week. We're still doing tweet okay. of the week. Okay, let's move on to <laughs> Sound of Hockey's Three Stars. Andy, your star of the week. Well, nobody impressed me this week because I was in my darkness retreat, so... <laughs> <laughs> I happen to not have a star. Right, I'm unprepared. So, so neither of you came prepared for no. tweets. All right. I would not make a, be- a good Boy Scout. Actually, it's weird, though, because, Andy, you came prepared for a tweet. John, do you have a star? I do have a star. Okay, so you you were unprepared for tweets, but you were unprepared for stars. Huh. Correct. I think that's our MO, though, in general. Okay. Like, I'm a big fan of the stars of the week. And I got gotcha. And you don't really like tweets of the week, so you don't. Well, I struggle sometimes, yeah. you know, because I don't like laughing and smiling. That's... <laughs> Fair point. That's right. a fair point. Yeah. You know, now that you put it in that context, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah. before, I was just like, man, what a lazy. There just are kidding. times where just it's kidding. hard, though, where you look and look and there's just nothing I know. I know. interesting in the tweets. Well, the problem is when you're looking, you're like, oh, I need a tweet of the week. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you it, need it's always to, better when you see something is, funny and then you just tag it. Yeah. That's what I, I need to get in a better routine yeah. of like, instead of being like, oh, that's cool. Because you like, see good tweets throughout yeah, the week. I but, forget them. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, some weeks it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Challenging. Uh, Okay. John, who's your star? My star is Alex Wenberg. He's had four points in the last four games. He had the game winner in Columbus, his former team. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also been pretty impressed with, you know, he's he's really filling in on the power play for – Burakovsky and, and the, that that puck possession guy that brings it into the zone, and I think he's been playing really well. He's got two goals. He's shooting the puck allegedly. Like I know people <laughs> love love to rip on him for not shooting, but I, I think he's playing pretty well and he's filled in nicely, and that's probably why they're being successful right now. All right. Well, my star of the week, uh, sticking with the Kraken themes. <laughs> Speaking of lazy, this is a little bit lazy. <laughs> we just both picked Kraken players. Uh, I'll go with Jaden Schwartz, who uh, I called out big time earlier just because of his play away from the puck. Uh, we already talked about it, so I don't need to go too deeply into it. But yeah, he's been he's been outstanding. He has been very yeah. quietly outstanding. Yeah. yeah. He always is, right? He always is, yeah, been a relatively quiet, but like you look at his production and he's always in there. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's episode 230 of the Sound of Hockey podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, oh, we didn't have a five-star review this week, so leave your five-star review on uh, on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it on next week's show. You did meet the uh, Moby Dick reviewer, though, didn't you? Yeah. 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 He outed he lived, himself He to lived you. up to expectations, yeah. right? And, yeah. And I was so eager when he said, uh, he was like kind of feeling shame when he said, oh, I did the Moby Dick. <laughs> like you did? Oh, I was like so excited. <laughs> Let me take a picture with you. Oh, so I kind great. of fanboyed him. Yeah. So. Well, it's, I mean, that that particular review has like lived on in a way. <laughs> I think we had like literally talked about it last week. Yeah. Too. It so, comes yeah. up all the yeah. time. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty funny. So um, no, that was a good bit by him. I love that he introduced himself to you. Um, okay. So subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple podcast, leave your five star review on Apple podcasts. We'll read it on next week's show. And we'll talk to you all very soon for episode two, Philip Grubauer, two thirty one. Get it? Two Philip Grubauer's two number 200. Gotcha. And Gotcha. I got 200 it. and grew Bauer. 200. Two grew. Two, two grews. We'll talk to you next week. Two Cheers. Grew.